Isaac and Hugo, you did such a beautiful job teaching us about this moment right at our patriarch Jacob's death when he blesses his grandchildren. And you both inquired as to why. I mean, it makes sense. You, you are brothers. You are twins. You, here's an older and there's a younger. And you were wondering, what is this about? Why did the younger one get the blessing? And you explored so many beautiful commentaries from our tradition. And you landed on really important lessons, which is that they, sh that they should be treated equally and that you can't have one without the other. And that our children today continue to be blessed in their names because this moment he somehow, we don't even actually know how, healed the generational trauma of this family, which had gone on from generation to generation, where there had been conflict between brothers. And here, for the first time, we have brothers who chose, even though one of them had the right hand and the other had the left hand, perhaps because of the sensitivity with which it was done. We don't know why, but somehow they emerged from this moment deciding that they were not going to have conflict with each other, that they were going to be a pair, and both of them were needed, and both of them had could pursue their own destiny, but each of them had an equal value. And so thank you for teaching us about that. Just before that moment, when Jacob realizes that Ephraim and Menashe are standing there, because his vision was not good at this point, he's at the very end of his life, he said something really poignant to their father, Joseph. He said, I never expected to see you again, and here God has let me see your children as well. Remember that Joseph, as you taught us, was taken away as a captive. He was sold, but he was taken by the Midianites. And Jacob thought he might be dead. And I say might be because though Jacob was shown Joseph's bloody coat by his older children, the Midrash imagines Jacob not giving up the possibility that his dear Joseph was still alive. Rashi translates the verse, I never expected to see you again, as I had never dared to cherish the thought that I would again see your face. Radak adds, as far as Joseph's fate was concerned, Jacob said that he had not arrived at definitive conclusions, but had not dared hope that he would ever see him again. Day after day after day, Jacob lived in a terrible uncertainty about his beloved Joseph, not knowing if he was dead or alive, imagining every worst scenario, fantasizing about every best scenario, afraid to dare hope that he was alive and whole and healthy and well, and that one day they would be reunited. It has been 12 weeks today since Hamas brutally brutalized the kibbutzim of southwestern Israel, committing heinous acts, murdering 1,200, and taking 240 people hostage. More than 100 of the hostages remain. More than 100 families are experiencing what Jacob here describes. These families, along with Israelis who've been freed from captivity and thousands of their supporters, have been protesting at the Kirya, the IDF headquarters in Tel Aviv, demanding a return to negotiations. Noam Perry, whose father Chaim Perry remains in captivity, told the crowd recently, we only receive dead bodies. We want you to stop the fight and start negotiations. 
Israel now has a choice between freeing the captives and continuing to fight this war. Sima Kadmon wrote in Yediot Achronot last Tuesday, instead of the supreme ethical duty that we ought to feel towards the hostages, an attempt is now being made to cast them as a burden. The prime minister doesn't have even the least ability to deal with people who are heartbroken. He doesn't possess the most basic human ability to look compassionately into the eyes of the people sitting in the Knesset gallery, people whose sons and daughters have been wallowing for 80 days in Hamas's tunnels, and to say something that might inspire confidence. One thing that Netanyahu can't do, by all signs, is get the hostages back, not when that contradicts the war's main objective, she wrote which was defined in the initial days as the only objective, and only afterwards was it complemented with the objective of freeing the hostages. It is the same objective he has promised to achieve at every opportunity to collapse, to crush, to oust, to demilitarize, and to purge Gaza of Hamas, to go all the way. I believe, Kadmon wrote, that Netanyahu would like to see the hostages freed, but not at any price, not at the price of halting the war. Halting the war will bring about all sorts of developments that Netanyahu doesn't want to see happen. Gantz and Eisenkot will quit the government. He will come under fierce criticism from the extreme right, and Ben Gavir might quit the government. The anti-government protests will be resumed with massive reinforcements from the reservists who will return home, and a general election will be held within a matter of months. These priorities are backwards and wrong. The paramount goal from the perspective of Torah, must be the return of the hostages. Freeing the captives, pidyon shfuyim, is one of the most important mitzvot, or commandments, in our tradition. This is true even when the cost includes risk to future lives. Rabbi Ovadia Yosef, the longtime Sephardic chief rabbi of Israel, has argued that the immediate danger to the lives of the hostages overrules the possibility of future danger from release of prisoners. And beyond the clear mitzvot of Pidyon Shfuyim, the clear mitzvah of Pidyon Shfuyim, the most important of all mitzvot in Torah is Pikuach Nefesh, to save a life. While Israeli hostages continue to suffer unimaginably in Hamas's tunnels, above ground, 20,000 Gazans are dead. And more Israeli soldiers and more Palestinians are dying every day. A massive humanitarian crisis is underway. 1.9 million people are homeless, starving, without enough clean water to drink, without adequate medical care. Disease, disease outbreak is looming. 54,000 Gazans are injured, the majority of whom are children and women. Israel has continued to drop massive bombs as late as yesterday on the very places where Palestinians were told to flee to. Meanwhile, Yoav Zitun reported in Yetiot Achronot on Tuesday that, quote, virtually every day, IDF soldiers discover Hamas militants inside UNRWA shelters. UNRWA is United Nations Relief and Works Agency. With their weapons near children, the IDF sets up snipers. Sometimes the terrorists shoot civilians who try to escape. It has to stop now. It is time now for a negotiated end to this war, for a bilateral negotiated end to the war. Former Israeli Prime Minister Ehud Olmert, who was originally in the Likud party, wrote yesterday in Haaretz 
the time has come for Israel to express its readiness to end the fighting. Yes, end the fighting, he said. Not a pause and not a temporary cessation of two, three, or four days, he said. An end to the hostility, period. At that time, Israel will need to bring back the hostages, those who are alive and those who are dead. If we wait, it won't be long before the only ones we can bring back will be the dead, because there won't be any living ones. A cessation of hostilities must be conditioned on the release of all the hostages, every last one of them, he said. It is time. Every family who is waiting, desperate, terrified, and longing, deserves to say what Jacob said to Joseph in the midst of a deep embrace, with tears running down their faces, home. I had never dared to cherish the thought that I would again see your face. Shabbat shalom. Every Shabbat for the last 12 weeks, we have been offering a prayer for the hostages in gratitude for the children and mothers and elders who came home, for the reunions of families that have happened, for every soul freed from captivity. We've asked God, please, to heal the hearts of children and adults who've lived through horrors that no one should ever endure. We pray that love will mend the brokenness, that fear will soon give way to faith in tomorrow. And for those who remain in captivity, our God, the one who raised Joseph up from the pit, we pray that you will be a refuge for the oppressed, a refuge in times of trouble, as our psalmist wrote. Send complete rescue and full redemption to all those held captive by the enemy. Strengthen their spirit and bring them our prayers that they may be protected from all harm. Implant understanding in the heart of the enemy that they may return the captives in wholeness of body and spirit. Grant wisdom to the Israel Defense Forces that they may secure freedom for the captives without any more loss of life. Grant strength of spirit and courage of heart to all the children of Abraham, Sarah, and Hagar to release bonds of captivity and allow us all to live in freedom. In the words of the psalmist, they shall call upon me and I will answer them. I will be with them in distress. I will rescue them and I will honor them. <laughs>